I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. My guest in this episode is Maggie Hewitt, founder of sustainable and circular fashion brand Maggie Marilyn. Having grown up on a New Zealand coast, Maggie has always had an interest in protecting our natural world. When she set out to create her own fashion line, she knew she wanted to build a company rooted in principles of circularity. Her brand champions transparency and change in an industry whose harmful practices have been destroying our planet. Maggie made the tough decision to forego agreements with wholesalers in favor of selling direct to consumer so she could ensure every aspect of her supply chain has as low an impact as possible. Her brand has met both commercial and editorial success across the world. Listen to our episode to find out what inspires and drives Maggie as both a citizen and a founder. Here is our conversation. Maggie, it's such a pleasure speaking with you for The Brennies Female today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I am too. And I want to start by asking you, growing up, did you already dream or did you think you would end up having a career in fashion and design? Or was that a completely unexpected path for you? Um, I think... I um I realize now I guess um being a little bit older uh how lucky I was to to grow up in such a nurturing environment I guess um within my family you know no dream was too big I come from a very small town at the top of the North Island in New Zealand so mm. the idea of being a part of the fashion industry um you know geographically I have so removed Right. Um, but I, yeah, I went to boarding school when I was 13 mm-hmm, in wow. Auckland, which is kind of the the main, um, the, the biggest city in New Zealand, if you like. And I think, um, like I said, coming from the small sort of rural community, it was a really difficult transition for me. Um, And so one of my solaces was really walking to the local newsstand after school. I can remember it um, as clear as day. It's funny the things that stick out to you from your childhood. And I remember just finding such solace in the pages of Vogue and Harper's Bazaar. And yeah, it just made me feel happy. It was such a, a form of escapism. And I remember distinctly... Um, around that time, yeah, 13, 14, thinking that I'd love to be part of this industry and I'd love to just make people happy. Mm, I love that. So tell me a little bit about the steps you took, you know, leading to the creation of your own brand, Maggie Marilyn. Uh, I'm sure it was, it probably wasn't a straight path. So uh, I'd love (laughs) to know where the idea came from and, you know, how you went about launching all of it. Yeah, well, I started Maggie Marilyn straight out of university. Um, and I always say, I guess, with a lot of naivety and rose-tinted glasses, I guess, for what <laughs> the industry was really like. Um, I was lucky enough to study 
sustainability at university so I was well aware uh, of the the environmental and social impacts that the fashion industry had but I think in terms of how the industry operates the the business side and and um, the trickle-down effect I guess towards the supply chain Mm -hmm. um I was completely naive too and I have to say George who obviously introduced us um I got introduced to George McPherson um, in the early months of of starting MM, and I have to say I, I owe him a lot in terms of um, learning how the industry works. Mm. You know, they're they're um, yeah. I was I was so removed from that being from New Zealand, I guess. So, mm. um, but yeah, I think a milestone in the. Uh, very beginning was being picked up by several international retailers in my first and second season um and I guess five years ago now it's it's amazing what's how much has changed in five years since we launched but um I definitely think that had the power to catapult you to the global stage Mm -hmm. um and being so geographically isolated um yeah it was kind of a snowball effect from there I guess you could say Mm. And you, I mean, you've just mentioned uh, really the sustainability positioning of your brand. And I know that was something that was rooted in, in your mission from the start. So tell me about that interest in, you know, creating a brand that is built on very strong principles around uh, circularity and uh, really offering a, a, a more environmentally responsible choice. There's never, obviously, when we're talking about consumer products, we're never fully, uh, you know, sustainable. I don't think such a thing exists. But why was that so important for you? And how did you go about making sure that was going to be uh, really the the anchor point for your brand? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I... I had no idea going into the fashion industry. When I talk about at the very beginning, uh, fashion being this beautiful form of escapism and this this industry that could make people feel happy, that was my naive 13-year-old self, I guess. And it was only once I got to university that I, um, I guess this very unglamorous curtain was pulled back on what the industry was responsible for. And it, for me, wasn't responsible for a lot of happiness. And for people involved in the supply chain but also um consumers you know and I think for me that was incredibly conflicting during my time at university uh so yeah but I think um I I still really believed in the power of clothing and how that could empower the wearer and what I guess I asked myself what could be possible if that clothing was made in a way that actually empowered everyone throughout the supply chain and ended up having a regenerative impact on our environment. And so I guess I set out with that intention and that challenge in mind. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really helped me um, over the past five years, really, you know, in those incredibly tough moments in business, I think knowing what your why is and your purpose Uh, Mm -hmm. is the only thing that really gets you through. Mm. And when you first set out to launch a brand based on these principles and, you know, speaking to women entrepreneurs who 
you know, have a brand that's that's really rooted in sustainability, a lot of the challenges they bring up is around finding the right suppliers and the right partners who are really going to, you know, understand this this, this focus on circularity and and you know being being environmentally responsible as much as possible and uh, other principles around social responsibility as well. So, yeah. what was that like for you, kind of navigating the industry, especially as it was your 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 first venture in the in the industry, basically? Oh, incredibly challenging, I guess you could say. <laughs> and it's been such a journey, I guess, from what I thought building a responsible brand um, looked like five years ago compared to what I believe it to be now, you know? And I think that's the important thing operating in this space is that there's no destination. Uh, mm. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we think we've done enough. Um, right. I think that we will throughout the entire lifetime of Maggie Marilyn, which I hope we're building a, a, a legacy brand, um, it will be about how do we create a better world and that will continually grow and shift um, as as we develop as a business and as, as the world changes. Um, but in terms of the very beginning, I guess it, it just happened so organically uh, we have a really incredible manufacturing community here in New Zealand. And I think something that I love is there's such a low barrier to entry here in New Zealand to to make clothes. You know, you can go um, down the road and work with makers to make five of something if that's the scale that you're at, you know. And I think that's quite rare, I guess, if we were yeah. to manuf have manufactured offshore at the very beginning. Um, the barrier to entry would have been so huge. So I think, um, yeah, I have such a, a strong sense of loyalty towards our manufacturing community here in New Zealand because they were such a support in those early years. But um, in terms of supplier relationships, you know, that was just such a journey. And especially, you know, when you first start and your order minimum, your order quantities are so small, you know, demanding full supply chain transparency was pretty difficult. Right. And so it didn't happen overnight, you know. So it was really a journey of um, cementing relationships. And we we really feel like everyone we work with are key partners in our business. You know, we couldn't do it without them. Mm -hmm, and so... Mm -hmm. Bit by bit, we've we've found some incredible partners from farm right through to um, first-hand manufacturing. And, yeah, now we feel like we're in a really exciting position to continue to grow and prosper together. That's so great to hear. And I love that you bring up how, you know, your success is dependent on on these partners and the relationships you've built because yeah. there, there is this myth of the self-made entrepreneur, right? And I, I cringe <laughs> whenever I see one of those articles, self-made billionaire. And it's like, no, oh. it takes a village. Nobody is fully self-made. That's just impossible. So I love that you're celebrating these partnerships yeah. and relationships. It definitely, it definitely takes a village. Um, and, and we're so, we feel so strongly about community at Maggie Marilyn. We're only as strong as our community is. So we place a huge emphasis on that. And speaking of community, is there somebody that you looked up to, maybe a role model who inspired you? Uh, maybe it's even a brand that you admire, like somebody that kind of give you some inspiration along the way as you were building the brand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so many incredible women, I guess, and that have influenced who I am and inspired me. I guess I have to start with my mom. Um, uh-huh. You know, I was always, I guess, growing up so inspired by how she presented herself to the world. I was constantly borrowing her clothes growing up, you know, <laughs> definitely without permission. I um, <laughs> and um, I think she was such an early muse for me, you know, in mm-hmm. a good way. My mum and um, is a hard woman to please and so I think I was so excited when I first started my brand um by the challenge to make clothes that she would wear and love oh that's great and I think yeah I also have to say I I just have and and who continually inspire me I'm lucky to have the most incredible group of friends um you know women of all different and ages and backgrounds and and careers and and what they do um and I think they're the inspiration really behind who the Maggie Marilyn customer is. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm inspired to make clothes for them that, that help them realize their greatest potential really mm-hmm. um, on their way to hopefully changing the world. So yeah, I've, I've had multiple muses and people that inspire me. I love that vision um, because I I actually worked in the jewelry industry for a long time. And something that I would talk about often was, you know, it wasn't so much about how many pieces you own or the value pieces you own, but it's those pieces that are really special to a woman and make or to anybody, to a, to a human being and make you feel like the best version of yourself. Right. So there's that symbolism and and that kind of that powerful energy that can come from owning the right pieces. And I love that in your case, it's also a responsible choice, uh, you know, because of how, uh, how the, the items are made. Um, I'm curious to know your process for launching new pieces, because we know part of, uh, I think one of the, uh, the challenges that the fashion industry faces is kind of that model of, you know, issuing, uh, issuing so many collections every mm. year and the pressure of having something new to show customers. So I'm wondering how you navigate that with your collections. Absolutely. And I think, um, what I was saying before, it's been such a journey over these past five years, you know, of, um, of growing up, you know, I was 21 when I first founded Maggie Marilyn and and five years on, you know, as a, um, a young woman in business, what I've learned. Uh, and I think that we always say sometimes in the industry, I think it was important for us to kind of play the game to understand how we could change the rules and make it much Mm. fairer for everyone. And I think the first couple of years of Maggie Marilyn was really that. It was being a part of this fast-paced industry, you know, global wholesale, um, shipping out multiple collections a year, the pace um, and the pressure that was on not just our supply chain, but our team, you know, and the very Mm. real burnout that's involved in our industry through trying to keep up with um, this, yeah, insatiable appetite for newness that our industry holds. Right. And I think I realized two years into Maggie Marilyn that quite literally it wasn't sustainable for me as a designer, my team, and it really wasn't a business that I wanted to be a part of long term I I really couldn't I'm such a big believer in um you have to really be able to 
have that northern star and that dream to even hope to get there you know sometimes you don't know all the twists and turns in the road that will lead you there but you've got to at least understand um the destination and then the the road you're you're going down and I I guess for me I I couldn't see um through the the huge roadblocks in the business that we were operating at the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the global wholesale fashion model right. um, and how I would still be creative in 20 seasons time or, you know, what the collections would, would look like. Um, and so that really was the inspiration to kind of turn our business on its head, I guess, when we decided to walk away from uh, all of our international retail partnerships and go it alone and sell direct Mm -hmm. to our customer. Yeah. And I think that is and maybe will always be the single biggest step we made towards aligning with our values um, and wanting to create a better world. And so now we have these two lines in our brand so we have our somewhere line which is evergreen essentials so these are pieces that we replenish as they sell out in their everyday wardrobe staples I hope I always say I hope we'll still be making the same blazer and leggings in 20 years time (laughs) and these are pieces that we really stand behind and have put an excessive amount of R&D to know that they'll hold up in terms of durability and we also have um, a full afterlife solution for them. So all of the pieces mm. in the collection are designed to sit within a circular system, whether that is through fabric recycling or compost at end of life. And so at the end of this year, we're actually opening up our take back scheme for this line to really take accountability and responsibility for garments that we put out into the world. Mm, um, that's fantastic. And then we have our forever. Yeah, it's exciting. And then we have our forever line, which I guess would be uh, similar to the main line that we started the business with that we used to wholesale. And these are forever pieces, quite literally pieces that are designed to sit in your wardrobe, hopefully for a lifetime of uh, treasured memories. And and these really um, sit within repair. So we're opening up our repairs scheme this year as well. So um, we'll have a free repairs scheme for all forever pieces to really extend the life. And so I think for us, uh, this idea of seasons or collections um, is completely obsolete. Yeah, we don't yeah. believe in that at all. Um, and we make a concerted effort through how we speak to our customer and marketing campaigns to to look back at earlier um, forever pieces and show how we wear them with newer forever pieces and really it's just about creating um, a beautiful wardrobe that will hopefully empower our wearer to realize her greatness as, as I said before and um, yeah so uh, seasons to us are completely obsolete. I I think that's fantastic and congratulations on making the the gutsy decision to you know go on your own and 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 forego some of those uh, uh, you know retail partnerships or, or wholesale partnerships from from your end. Um, yeah, I am um, a friend. A friend said to me the other week um, how important it is to choose courage over comfort, and I think uh-huh. that that was really 
key in this decision making as well you know sometimes um doing the right thing is the uncomfortable thing to do but I think for me I always lean into being brave and having courage over um maybe choosing the easy route I I think that's that is so commendable and that's that's a great quote right there that I know we're going to use because especially <laughs> with what we're seeing around the world right now we know our system is broken and we need to do things differently right so uh, kudos to you for really you know sticking to uh, the your your true vision and values and purpose and aligning your all of your actions from there um Thank that you. is fantastic. And I think a great lesson for, for anybody who's listening to us, no matter the industry, uh, even in our personal lives. <laughs> Absolutely. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice, plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. So you've talked about how much of a journey this was and, you know, things that you've discovered uh, along the way. Is there something that you wish you knew before, you know, starting this journey and uh, maybe a lesson that you learned that you really wish you didn't have to learn the hard way? Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe there's more I than think, one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think about this a lot and, um, I think there's so much power in naivety sometimes. I, I agree. I'm glad yeah. I didn't know how hard it was going to be to be in business because maybe I would have never started in all honesty. And, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> ambitious, but uh, this industry tests every fiber of your being, you yeah, know, it yeah. is absolutely grueling. And I think trying to ride um the line in all honesty of commercial prosperity versus um wanting to make a positive impact uh on the planet as a business you know mm -hmm. th that's a hard right it's a hard line to find balance yeah um and so yeah it's really hard you know I think every day running a business is the hardest thing that I do Uh, I think it, it's all consuming, mm -hmm. uh, but I've always thought, you know, you only get one life. Why not make it a magnificent one? So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Again, very well said <laughs> and such such a, an important lesson, I think. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation when it comes to sustainability and fashion today. And obviously mm. a lot of the big players, a lot of the fast fashion brands are, you know, trying to show that they are doing the right thing or trying to, uh, you know, showcase some of their efforts. And, and, and certainly in some cases there are efforts being made, but it's not really addressing, uh, you know, the, the bigger issue at hand. So what, what's one thing or what, what are, what's one way that you wish, um, or maybe one lesson 
that you wish consumers, you know, knew or something you wish they understood about the 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 how fast fashion is set up and and all of the pitfalls of what that you know that model that exists in the industry uh, brings with it because I think not every consumer realizes the impact when they are making a purchase. You know, a twenty dollar top made of you know polyester of some sort that they're only going to wear mm. once, and we know that there's an issue with those purchases, right? Totally, and I think sometimes we we live in a world where we don't question where things come from anymore mm-hmm. uh and we're so far removed from the origin of where everything we consume in our life comes from mm-hmm. um for good and for bad you know through globalization and i think i've always been someone that's asked a lot of questions probably annoyingly so <laughs> and uh I think when you ask questions, it it prompts answers. And if you don't get the answer you like, you're, you're able to then make a decision from there. And I think for consumers, it's asking more questions about where the product they purchase comes from and what impact it has on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that's been really important in our journey is maybe not looking so much to what, you know, there's so many, so many big brands out there that aren't doing the right thing by their Mm -hmm. consumers, by the people in their supply chain, by the environment. But I think we're so set on um, focusing on our journey, I guess. And, um, and how we can leave behind a better world. And I think, you know, we absolutely need, you know, governments to to get involved in a larger way. We, you know, we need legislative change. But I'm still such a believer in the power of people. Um, and I think we all have a responsibility. And I think when you look back throughout history, all paramount you know, societal shifts uh, have always started at a grassroots level. Mm-hmm. So if you think as one person you can't make a difference, I I think I would challenge that, you know, the power of the collective. And um, I also think in terms of, you know, the social sort of media landscape, I would say as well, um, you know, I, I have a really conflicting relationship with social media Mm, Um, you, (laughs) and I think everyone does right yeah um you know sometimes there's so much virtue signaling um but whereas you know the real action behind just adding to the mind-numbing noise that sometimes is um across our feeds but I think I like to remind myself of you know like I said the power of community and collective action and you know for us in New Zealand being thousands of miles away from some of the devastation happening in the world right now Mm -hmm. um I think through social media it's also true that we've never really been closer right yeah um and, and um I think yeah through social media together we can we can do more than just add to the noise and I think I would encourage everyone to think like that you know we can educate we can vote 
protest, listen, donate, mm. change, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think what you said is, is so important. And recently I, I was speaking with uh, Maxine Beda, who I, I, I know you know of, uh, yeah. from, from the New Standard Institute, who just wrote the book Unraveled. And she brought up that notion. And it's funny, I, I hadn't really thought about it that way myself until, until she made that point of we have to stop seeing ourselves as consumers and realize that mm. we are active citizens. Um, so we have, each of us has the responsibility to make, you know, insist on making change happen, making the change happen where we can have the impact, but also advocating with government, with institutions, with organizations to really push for the change. So I love that you you bring that up. And yeah, social media can be a tool. Totally. And businesses listen to the consumer at the end yes. of the day you know yeah. if if the consumer is beating the same from the same drum and constantly asking the same questions they will look at their supply chain look at how they produce um look at how they treat their staff yeah. uh and change will happen from there you know yeah absolutely no that's a, a very important point um yeah i'm curious to know so we're you know we're speaking it's it's a week where it's it, literally the world is on fire in many places on our planet. There are, uh, you know, geopolitical events, natural catastrophes. It's just, it just, there's a lot going on right now. And I think mm. we're also, you know, still in the, in the midst of, uh, I don't know how many waves we're at, depending where you sit on the planet, but dealing with a pandemic and, yeah. and and certainly you being in New Zealand, you felt the, uh, you know, the, the, the impact of, of repeated lockdowns. Um, how do you, and I think that's a question that's on everybody's mind right now, but you're also an entrepreneur who, um, as we know, when we run our own business, it is all encompassing as you've brought up. How do you stay sane? Like, how do you, I don't think we can achieve complete balance, but what's one way that you, you know, manage to stay grounded, manage to stay afloat and, and, and dare I say it, remain optimistic um, especially through, you know, these dark days that we seem to be going through? Such a good question. And honestly, I I um, I don't know if I found that balance, yeah. you know? I think I, I have days where I have a huge amount of optimism and I feel incredibly brave. Um, and then I have days where you don't want to get out of bed and, and the challenges that we face right now in this moment in history feel all too large and all too encompassing. Mm -hmm. But I like to remind myself of the power throughout history that one person can make. And I'm incredibly determined. And I think that um, everyone has the power to, to make a difference. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think coming back to that idea of having a northern star is really important and i always give right. that as advice for for you know people wanting to start a business or um you know get into the space i think find your purpose and have a northern star mm -hmm. and be relentless in your pursuit until you until you get there i think um business requires a lot of grit and a lot of resilience and and sometimes I think it's more about 
getting back up every time you get knocked down yeah. and and just being so uh, relentless in not giving up. Honestly, sometimes I think that's the difference between people that achieve their goals and maybe people that don't is just not giving up. Yeah. Not yeah. taking no for an answer. I think, um, you know, I'm someone that's from a very small town at the bottom of the planet, but I always <laughs> had and such a fire in my belly to create change and to see equity and to um, be a part of creating a better world. And I think that my truest Northern star is that, and, um, you know, by no means are we there yet, but that the world actually is a better place through Maggie Marilyn um, being in business, you know? And I think that's something that gets me out of bed in the morning, that at the end of my life um, and my legacy is that I've left behind uh, a better world and a better future. And so, yeah, but but it's been honest about that, you know, that yeah. not every day you're going to feel optimistic yeah. <laughs> and excited by that challenge. You're going to have days um, where you're like, that. what a joke, Maggie. Who do you think you are? You know, how are you going to achieve that? I definitely have that, but um. Yeah, I think I think I'm such a big believer in the power of um positive thought and you know what follows I am comes looking for you. So, yeah, I think it's incredibly important to to stay positive and optimistic. Mm, and that that and and I think through through doing all of that, you're also inspiring many others to follow in your footsteps and also leave a better world behind, right? And that's the the chain effect that we're hoping for. Yeah, I hope so. Absolutely. Mm. What is one thing you wish women and non-binary people would do less of? Hmm. I think question ourselves. Um I think you know, we have as humans such a high EQ and and intuition for a reason, but I think um, throughout evolution and history, somehow we've become less in touch with the power of our intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that innately we know how to protect and nourish. And um, I think this is what people in the planet really need the most of right now. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, that yeah that that was beautiful well said again uh, i agree <laughs> with you and do you are you someone who stays in touch with their intuition is that and is that something that typically drives kind of your decision making process around things um absolutely i think so i am um, i i am someone that i think has a lot of anxiety and and can be highly emotional at times but I think because I have those traits it also means I I'm highly intuitive I believe Mm -hmm. and and that has really guided me throughout this five-year journey um and yeah I think um those who know me would know that I'm that I'm quite stubborn as a person and so if (laughs) if something doesn't feel right and I just 
you know, you, you can't quite articulate it or explain it, but you know it's not the right direction to go in. Mm-hmm. And regardless of um, data or or those who say differently, I, you know, I always trust in my intuition. And I think that that's something as humans we have to lean into more. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with that as well. And what is next for Maggie Marilyn? What can we expect over the next few months? Uh, and understanding that, you know, there's still lockdowns and COVID restrictions to uh, to to take into account. But what is uh, what is ahead for you? Yeah, I think, again, something that gives me peace is that for Maggie Marilyn, it's the marathon, not the sprint. You know, we mm. are in business to create a legacy and and I hope that surpasses my own lifetime and I think when you're not so beholden to these sort of quarterly reporting which you know when we look at the natural world the natural world doesn't revolve around those constructs of time yeah I think that gives you a lot of peace you know there's been Um, So much disruption in terms of business over the last 18 months. You know, travel was a huge part of my life and I haven't been able to leave New Zealand since February 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if you gave that the power to consume everything that you do, I just think you you wouldn't be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so... um, Yeah, like I said to you before, you know, we just entered our another lockdown here in New Zealand I'm I'm working from home and you know we have stores here and those stores are closed but I I believe that I always have a relentless optimism and I know Maggie Marilyn will make it through you know we have so much that we want to do on in this life and on this planet and yeah we're so excited we launched our first impact report a couple of months ago and over the past 12 months we've Thank you. We've been able to reduce our CO2 emissions by 73%, which is really exciting through really turning our business model on its head and uh, aligning with our customers instead of selling through wholesale channels um, and the time and space that that's given us to really look at our supply chain and those impact reductions that we've been able to have. Um. And yeah, we we hope to open more, we call our stores homes for our customers. So we we hope to open more homes around the world. And yeah, the sky's the limit, I think. And and for me, you know, I have an interesting relationship with fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still really believe in the power of clothes, as I've said before. Um but you know, if I think uh, I I would like Maggie Marilyn to pull away from being known just as a fashion brand. Um, you know, fashion as we know it is is broken. It's exploitive, and I don't I don't want any part of its current system. And so I think in terms of what's next, it's yeah, creating an ecosystem and a business that goes beyond the confines of the fashion industry and hopefully being able to create 
solutions to the climate crisis. I really mm. believe that, you know, I think all businesses um, right now should be looking at what solutions they can offer to the current climate crisis, because I think that is the biggest challenge of our time. And so, um, yeah, that's our Northern Star, I guess. That's what we're doing, finding solutions. Well, you're off to a good start, and I think that's a, a great goal for what's next. And what's next, and hopefully there are not too many disruptions ahead. Um, even though we don't want to come back to the old normal, uh, since we know the the old normal wasn't working well for us or for our planet. Absolutely. Um, but thank you so much. It was such a pleasure getting to know you better and to hear more about Maggie Marilyn. I am personally very excited for that new pink suit that is dropping tonight. We'll keep an eye yes. out for that. Yeah, thank <laughs> and you. I look forward to connecting with you in the future and seeing uh, what you're up to next. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed having this conversation with you so much. And um, as I said, I'm such a fan of what you do. So thank you for helping to amplify important stories within this space and yeah i look forward to talking with you soon amazing it's my it was my pleasure thank you i really hope you enjoyed today's conversation and if you did as always don't forget to subscribe rate and give us a review wherever that is possible thank you to td bank group women entrepreneurs for the support of the brand is female you got it in you to succeed let td help guide you visit thebranniesfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest.